Andrew. Hey, Alex. What's this? This is Brains on the Outside, a comedy podcast about celebrating creativity through ridiculous business ideas. Each week, we take ridiculous and amazing and brilliant and wonderful business ideas, thoughts, science, amazing stuff, and we bundle it all together into some new business products and services. For example, recently, we talked about what we would do with the Large Hadron Collider if they were to shut it down. Yeah, and we even had an actual scientist on with us to make sure our our business ideas were definitely viable and scientific. Really, truly, physically possible, according to Dr. Lucy of The Physics. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think this episode, we have another bunch of groundbreaking, innovative business ideas. So should we just... Let's just get on with it, let's, let's, let's just do it. So Andrew, what you got this week, man? So I've been reading an article in The Manufacturer. The Manufacturer is a a, a fancy business magazine about news for manufacturers. It's kind of in the title. Yeah. Um, So this article, I thought we could read it, we could go over it, and we could have our own input into helping the manufacturer solve a problem that they themselves have flagged. Oh man, sounds a lot like industry Industry news news reviews. reviews. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, here we go. Right, so this article in the manufacturer that we'll that we'll talk about is called "Ice Cream Maker Ready for Summer Rush After Tech Investment." This sounds right up my street, man. So there's this ice cream shop called Lake Ice Cream in Kendall, and they make just a whole bunch of ice cream. They're making over a million liters a year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of ice cream, right? And they are trying to use tech to make themselves more efficient. Oh, nice! Make more ice cream, and I thought, well, these are obviously forward-thinking, innovative people. They're already trying to think of tech, robotic, database solutions for the problems, and we can definitely come play in this space with them. So what you're saying is, we are going to answer the question of, when there is super high ice cream demand, how do we create, manufacture, and distribute more ice cream to the people? Exactly. The whole process. Okay. We are going to do some free consulting, help these guys out. So where, where, where should we where should we start? So Andrew, I think there are three parts to solving this ice cream dilemma. Okay. Okay. So I think there's how do we make more ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, because we need to meet demand. How do we manage that demand? Mm-hmm. All right, and maybe change it and shape it. And then also then ultimately, how do we distribute the ice cream out to people? Should we just take each of these in turn? Yeah, I think we start at the top and work out basically every problem the ice cream industry has. All of them. All of them. For free. In 20 minutes. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Go. Right. So, making more ice cream. First thing in my head, just a lot more cows. Oh. We're going to need a lot more cows. We just have to speed up the cow breeding program. I presume there's a cow breeding program to make a lot more dairy cows. Yeah, I think a lot more cows and simplifying the cow to ice cream pipeline. Oh, yeah. Um, reducing the time it takes to get the milk out and into ice cream. It's going to be very important in this. You have more cows, faster pipeline. So could the cows just be colder? Oh, so the milk comes out and it's closer to ice cream it's cl- anyway. Way closer. You keep Either you keep them in colder places or you keep them in fridges. That sounds like a good idea to me. And in the effort of making it come out closer to ice cream, is there ways we can make the milk come out flavored already? Oh, ah, that no, that's clever because also that's introducing... Uh, also, it's introducing financial efficiencies as well because we have to feed the cows. Yep. So if we feed the cows things that are already flavored and might make the milk flavored, that reduces the amount of flavor we have to put in. Exactly. You just feed them chocolate. Yeah. Or- it comes out as chocolate milk. So now you have two <laughs> things going on. You have 
you have chocolate milk yeah. ready to go. You can sell that if you want, oh, or sweet. you're very, very close to chocolate ice cream as well. Very close. Yeah. Put strawberries in, strawberry milk out. Put mint in and chocolate in. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're in a jelly belly situation where you just feed them lots of different things and good stuff comes out the other side. You want apple pie ice cream? Just feed them apple pie. This is this is really interesting for coming up with new types of ice cream as yeah. well. You just like give them platters of stuff. And you're like, well, this is four strawberries. <laughs> I'd never thought about the fact that all ice cream that we eat at the moment is grass flavored. Oh, my, my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It seems like a huge inefficiency. It does. Like you're, you, I imagine default ice cream tastes purely of grass and we have to work against that. <laughs> we, we cut that out. Yeah. They eat flavored stuff. We actually add anti-grass flavor to the ice cream milk to remove the grass flavor. And then we add the flavor in. Flavored. Super inefficient. Flavored grass actually works really well. Because if you were out, if you, Alex, were out a bit peckish. Oh, yeah. You could have, just have some of the, the cookie dough, just, cookie dough grass. Stopping a nibble in the fields. Yeah. Yeah. Other issue. Yeah. Society only seems to eat cow ice cream can we widen that a bit oh that's true so we got the vegan ice creams yep obviously but you know there are probably a lot more well there are a lot more vegetarians and people that consume milk than there are vegans so we need to kind of cater to that so how many other animals could we use the milk for what is what is palatable goat hippo yeah, I mean, I'm Hippo not. Is I've, a sea cow. I've not. It's a wet cow. <laughs> getting, I had never considered getting uh, water-based creatures involved in this milk process. <laughs> okay, I, I was just thinking of cheeses people eat. There's goat's cheese. Yeah, sheep's cheese. Sheep's cheese. That seems like yeah. If you chuck it all in the same big vat, no one's going to really notice. That's true. You stir it all up there. It's like a blend. And then, like, you have a lot more ice cream in play. You also have, you get a lot more variation and variability in what flavors you can eat. Because I bet a cow wouldn't eat certain types of things, which means you can't make efficiencies in flavoring those types of ice creams. Oh, so you're saying but all animals' milk is treated equally. It's just the, like, you get, you, you if you wanted like chocolate ice cream, you by default are going to get goat milk ice cream because they're the only ones going to eat the chocolate. That's what you're yeah, saying. Exactly. You want eucalyptus flavored ice cream, you got to use koala milk. In pursuit of efficiencies, I'm willing to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. Now, the other thing that I'm thinking there is like, at the moment, we've got just a handful of big manufacturers that make ice creams. You know, this company is making a million liters a year. I bet Walls probably makes a billion liters a year. Yeah, we need- Alongside making sausages, which is just a fucking weird thing that they do. But what if we broke it down? Okay. Smaller. Like, take some hints from the beer industry- Okay, because you've got big beer breweries like Stella and Heineken and whatever they're called. But then you also have a lot of microbreweries. What if we micro-dairies? I just got one cow and I make ice cream. This is going to be useful because we need to start scaling up production. Now we're going from the bottleneck being the number of cows in the country to the bottleneck being the number of people who are producing, like, who are producing the ice cream. Yeah. If everyone had a ice cream quota to fill <laughs> like you were just given an ice cream maker and you're like you need to make a hundred liters this year that i think we could get over that wall neck too it's kind of like a feudal tax system yes yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got to make this. Do you imagine the microbreweries, do they own their own cow and they feed the things they want or are they getting sent like a jug of the premium mint flavored sheep milk? I think you have to have like you got to go those efficiencies, right? Mm-hmm. Also, certainly from a from a, a a beer and brewery perspective, like the uh, traceability of those individual ingredients is really important. So actually knowing that the cow has been eating the grass in your garden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's provably, this is Durham grass that's gone into my right ice there. cream. It's right there. It's actually, I can see it from here. That's in my ice cream. I mean, that that's that feels like a selling point to me. It's quite wholesome, isn't it? It's nice, yeah. I sing to my cows every night. <laughs> I rub them down with... Play them like Mozart. Sanctuary, yeah. yeah. Moisturizer, stuff like that. <laughs> it's really nice. I think we've managed to basically solve all the issues with the lack of ice cream here. Yeah. I don't think people can complain this lack of ice cream after we've, you, everyone was a cow, you feed it the thing you want and you keep it in really cold conditions. So it's yeah. basically ice cream coming out. You're producing a lot more ice cream. I think that's good. What's so, our next problem? So in that case, what we have to do is we have to manage demand. I really like this idea of reducing demand, making it like a designer expensive product. Oh. Real, really, really fancy. Oh, so yeah. this works for me because I like I, I massage my cows. Yeah. You know, I'm, I keep them just the right level of cold. They're not too chilly. And I give them like mittens to keep them warm. So I treat them well. It's just the udders that are cold. Oh, wow. I've yeah. got, I've, I, a lot of the microbreweries I talk to keep the whole cow cold. Yeah, that's so that's mean. actually a really interesting innovation you've just done there. Yeah, yeah. And I feel because you're putting this effort in, you should be able to charge more for your ice cream. Exactly, yeah. So I think making it real fancy, like teaming up with like rappers, designers, movie Ooh. studios, making it really, really classy and cool to eat ice cream, <laughs> you know? Well, actually, if you think about it, if I want, <laughs> if I want Lady Gaga's ice cream... It's just from Lady Gaga's cows that she has. She's got her own micro dairy, but it's expensive, right? Because Real expensive. If 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 Lady Gaga's busy doing her the rest her, of her job, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, it's got to be worth more than releasing a new album, sending the ice cream. So the ice cream's got to be really expensive, thousands of pounds per tub. Yeah, I, I thought about um, could you actually make the infrastructure, not infrastructure, but the actual technology of delivering ice cream? Like, is that a bit of increasing demand? Like, you you price it out of the market. You have the tub itself. Is fancier. Oh. Maybe has a cooling system in it. Oh. I actually think this is a really good place to break and come back to that in the distribution part of this conversation after the ads. Let's do it. Our science advisor, Lucy, is back with an advert for us. Amazing. Thank you for letting me back to advertise my new company. Ooh. So I'm sure everyone's had these problems. Your garden really needs watering, but you can't be bothered to get off the sofa. All the time. I'm looking at the garden now. Everyone turns to look at the garden. It needs watering. I can't be bothered. Or the opposite thing. You've got all your friends coming over for a barbecue, but it's forecast to rain. And maybe you're really into photography and you really hate it when it's sunny because it's just too bright. You get too much contrast. So you really want it to be cloudy, but you've planned your day and it's not going to work. Oh, okay. So I've now come up with a system that will control the weather in a localized area. Ooh. <laughs> now it only works for a few meters. Okay. So it's perfect for watering the plants in your garden. Oh. Say you, you now want some rain. 
or you could create some cloud above you mm-hmm. or above your photography subjects. Or maybe you want a hole in the rain just over your table and your barbecue. <laughs> so the rest of the garden gets water, but you and your friends stay nice and dry. This is incredibly, incredibly useful. Um, I imagine you've done all the research and development and this is ready to go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a Kickstarter set up. Ah, right. Okay, you know, right. We need the funding. Oh, okay. nice. What but, are the, what are the, what's the top tier Kickstarter reward? Top tier Kickstarter reward. You get a little carry, a little um, a product that you can actually carry around with you. So if you need to walk to work and it's pouring with rain, you just put this in your bag and just from meter diameter around you, no rain. That's amazing. That actually is rad. Like a very, very, very advanced umbrella. Yes, it is. Quick question. Does it? Does the machine have to be in the space that you are preventing the weather in? Or if there's someone getting married that I don't like, can I make it rain directly <laughs> on them? For the moment, it does have to be in the space where it's affecting the weather. Version right. tooth or maybe. So I'm going to have to tuck are, it in a yes. pocket. Is it big? Can I hide it somewhere? So this is the top tier Okay. Top tier thing is where you get the little device that's about a foot long. A foot long? Wow. So it's it's not tiny, okay. but given the huge advances in science to make this happen, yeah. it's pretty pretty small. Okay, and if I want to back that, how much is that going to cost me? That's going to cost you £500. Wow. Whoa, this is that's, way, that's a lot cheaper than I was expecting. I was expecting five figures. <laughs> that's well, a bargain. This is what happens when you make a big breakthrough. So if I if I wanted to back this product, well, what's it called? How would I find it? I can't believe you've done this, Andrew. <laughs> to somebody else. <laughs> so it's called Doc Lucy's Magic Weather Wand. Love it. <laughs> so and a mere 500 pounds absolute bargain i will be buying one of those your life will never be the same again now if someone else has an incredible product business or service they would like to sell on our show how would they get in touch with us so they're going to get in touch with you by emailing brains on the outside at gmail.com uh, on twitter at brains outside on instagram brains on the outside you're a natural at this amazing thank, thank you, you so much Okay, Andrew, so we solved how to make more ice cream. Yep. We solved how to manage the demand by making it more exclusive. More exclusive. Yeah. Celebrity endorsements. Slowing down that that demand so we can we can cope. And we need to talk about distribution. How do we get the ice cream from all of these places out to the people, man? So our ice cream is already coming out the cows colder because we cool the cows down what if we make ice cream just extremely cold like <laughs> ice cream is like negative seven thousand degrees <laughs> and therefore it can take longer to get to you because it's gonna take longer to melt oh so we it don't have to refrigerate it on the way it never gets refrigerated because this this thing this block of ice just is never gonna melt and maybe at your home you have a ice cream Re- Look, you just, you just you just put it in your oven for you a couple wait. of hours. Yeah, <laughs> you wait. wait. Yeah, it's more mindful. It's more chill, and eventually your ice cream will be edible. I, I feel if we had Doc Lucy here right now, she'd be like, "Yeah, this is a totally viable idea to send out ice cream at minus seven thousand degrees." Exactly, and you definitely wouldn't have to wait a hundred years for it to get back up to temperature. 
you just, if, if it was if it was taking too long, you get your hair dryer. You just oh, hair dryer. Yeah, right? that's right. So I, I I think having a lot of ice cream, yeah, it's gonna be difficult to move around the country. So you slow down how long you, you increase the amount of time, the window you have to get it somewhere. Do you know what I really find annoying though as well, just like on that exact thing is mm-hmm. is when I get my ice cream and then it just starts to melt immediately because I'm at the beach and it's warm or I'm out at the shops and it's sunny because it's oh, yeah. sunny because I'm getting an ice cream or I'm getting ice cream because it's sunny and that's also melting it. Yeah. So again, well, for that last thing I said, make it a bit colder by default. Yeah. But I guess this is just, I had an idea of what if you had like little drain pipes around your ice cream cone? So it, oh. dri- it would drip into that, it would, it would from the cone, melt and drip into the drain pipes and then you'd have a little straw into the pipes that you could get the melted ice cream from. Like a little pool, a little, a little chamber at the bottom yes, that you could drink yeah. out of. You could just refrigerate that and turn it back into ice cream. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> if your ice cream tub was, um, as I said before the break, if your ice cream tub was actually freezeable as well like if that was always cold or if it was refrigerated refrigerated yeah like actively refrigerated yeah like a tiny mini fridge you had to plug it into the wall and you'd walk around with it <laughs> <laughs> on a long cable you got a really long cable 100 to meters at the beach <laughs> you can't go into the water obviously but you can get pretty close what if we just make the environment really cold as well so it doesn't melt like you're in a shopping center this shopping center sends ice cream. The whole shopping center is at zero degrees oh, okay. all the time. You you walk in, we give you a jacket. Yeah, you get a big big woolly jacket to wear. You walk up to the ice cream place, you buy the ice cream, you walk around doing the shopping, your ice cream is frozen the whole time. You go to the beach, you go to the bit you get ice cream from, you get your ice cream. That area outside is air conditioned. Oh, you've got the programmable weather. Yeah, yeah, there's a 10 by 10 meter square of just cold weather. Zero degrees at that beach. It might be four degrees everywhere else, but we've pointed a bunch of air conditioning units <laughs> directly at this bit. Directly at this bit, so you can enjoy your ice cream with this the comfort of mind, knowing it's not going to melt over you. We could strap that technology to ice cream vans so that the area around an ice cream van is always cold. Yeah, that's really good because ice cream vans as well aren't really they haven't really advanced technology either, and they are a key distribution point in the ice cream infrastructure world right yeah we need to make them smarter and more targeted yeah so maybe if people in their house when when you get your uh government mandated ice cream maker yeah you also get a button a yeah. big red button okay that you can press mm-hmm. that lets an ice cream truck driver know that you are in desperate need of ice cream oh man so if like from for this area that i live in here yeah if like 20 people press the button then the local ice cream fans are like, oh, there's high demand here, so we're going to turn up to this place. Exactly. I know I know what their audience is thinking. They're like, you're making your own ice cream, just eat that. I was like, well, I don't want to have to eat chocolate chip and mint ice cream. You don't get for... high in your own supply, man. Exactly, exactly. I'm selling, and that's how, that's how I'm making money. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so I'm making the high-end ice cream, but that doesn't mean I want to eat it all the time. No, 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 no. You want different types. Yeah, you want, you want variability in there. Okay, but then also, so... Enough people press the button, the price goes up. Oh yeah, yeah. This this, yeah. this kind of feeds back into demand the, pricing, demand and supply, right? That's nice. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like uh, ice cream van technology is definitely it's 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 lagging behind, man. Yeah, it's lagging behind. And and if you want to hit a wider area, you need a louder ice cream van, and you also need it to be faster so you can get to places quicker, <laughs> faster, slightly larger. Yeah. Colder. 
More like a boss. A boss. <laughs> is this a, is is that so you're having more flavors? Is the size correlates with like yeah. a little ice cream van, you might have three, with the big ice cream van, there's like nine hundred. It's super fucking efficient as well because it drives into the estate. Yeah. It sells ice cream and then it just fills up with all the local ice cream that's on the <laughs> estate. And then it goes to the next place. Maybe that's the only method to buy ice cream. Yeah. The ice cream van shows up at your house, you hand the ice cream you made, and then he goes, Do you want a cone? Oh. Or someone else's ice cream. And the cycle just continues forever. We just we just get rid of money. Everyone lives on ice cream. Everyone that is the, the barter economy around ice cream. <laughs> it's just gone. That's it. We're done. That was a whole interesting news reviews episode about ice cream, Andrew. I really hope there's something in there that Lakes ice cream can take away and implement. I mean, I think that's absolutely guaranteed. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. That was a lot of uh, free output from us. So I, I think, yeah. even if it's just like one little things, like feeding cows flavored grass. Yeah. I mean, that's something that you could start small, put that into their production line and build from there. Yeah, easy. And that, and like, I feel like that that technology is there for that. Some of those other things maybe were a little way off. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have to take that first step, you know? Yeah, exactly. And they, they seem pretty eager to innovate and do weird things. It's perfect, man. Wonderful. Um, if a business actually wanted to commission some some consultancy from us on the show, what would the best way to get in touch with us be, Andrew? Well, you know, there's a few ways. They could email us at brainsontheoutside at gmail.com. Yeah. They could write to us on Twitter at brainsoutside, mm-hmm. or they could check us out on our Instagram, brainsontheoutside. Amazing. And if you do have an idea that you want us to discuss or you have a problem you want us to solve, just write on in. If you have an ad you want on the show, just do a little recording, send it through, but and we'll put it in there. Those are all fantastic things to do. But what's the actually the absolute best thing to do to help us out, Alex? Just tell your friends tell about your the friends. show. Just tell your friends, please. Yeah. And we'll be back next Monday. Next Monday. Next Monday. But until then, Alex, keep your brain on the outside. Keep your brain on the outside, Andrew. (laughs) There we go. Holy shit.